Oh, oh, one more thing. Just One More Thing, a podcast about Columbo. I'm John Morris. And I'm R.J. White. This time around, we're talking about Double Shock, originally broadcast March 25th, 1973, directed by Robert Butler, written by Stephen Bochco and Jackson Gillis, starring Martin Landau, Julie Newmar, Jeanette Lonelin, and Martin Landau, plus, of course, as always, Peter Falk as Columbo. And every episode of Just One More Thing, we're joined by a special guest to help us talk about Columbo. This time around, it's writer for Rick and Morty, Abed Gaith. But before we bring him on, RJ, whisper some dirty secrets into our shell-like ears. Martin Lando plays Norman Paris, who has probably been most everywhere in L.A., from Holmby Hills to Pershing Square. But he also plays Dexter Paris, a guy who's only seen the sights a TV food show host can see from in front of studio lights. What a crazy pair. You see, John, they're brothers. Identical brothers all the way. Dexter, while he adores those baking pans and pushing Julie Newmar off of a balcony with his bare hands. But Norman, he wants that big bankroll because a pair of craps dice makes him lose control. They talk alike, they walk alike. Sometimes they kill their rich old uncle alike. The question is, will Columbo lose his mind when murderous brothers are two of a kind? Mr. Gaith, welcome to the program, <laughs> sir. Hello. Welcome really to show. good intro. I liked it. Thank you very much. Now, you you picked this episode. Why? Well, actually, we talked about it a bit before the program. Uh, you picked this one. You had another one in mind that we'd already done. Uh, why well, would I you want to do that I, one? And then why was this your second place episode? Oh, uh, <laughs> what's crazy is there's two others that I wanted to do, but you oh. guys had already done them. Oh, the okay. It's the one Mike picked. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I really like that one too, but um, the other one that I wanted, uh, and then I it was between that and this one was, um, oh god, why can't I remember the name? The one with the guy, oh god, he's the guy with the the dog. I mean the uh, rosebud episode. Uh, oh yeah, it, the, yeah, uh, it's like the second to the last one, and um, I I don't know why the name escapes me, but it was between that one and this one, and okay. I, I went for this one because Martin Landau's ex- extraordinary in the show. Oh, he's great. That's, yes. yes, he's he does an amazing job in this thing. He's Incredible he's job. one of my favorite actors anyway, uh, and he's so perfect matched up against Columbo. Yeah, but then twice, and I mean that that's the thing. Um, John and I were uh, talking about this the other day. Um, the fact, the realization that they don't pull the split screen uh, Patty Duke gimmick until the episode is almost over. The rest yeah. of it, it's just done with editing because yeah. you believe he's, he's the two separate guys. I think a, a scene that John brought up is a good example of this uh, was the casino scene. Right. Yeah, that's right, my, right. my favorite scene. Hands Where, down. No, all that's they do really is it, it's there's no split screen. There's no camera gimmicks. It's just cutting between Martin Lando, Peter Falk, Martin Lando. And yet you still believe it's Peter Falk and two separate guys. Because well, um, he plays them differently so well. Yeah. I love that you brought that scene up first because um, – so I've, I've watched the episode several times and uh, that scene in particular I watched again. And there's this moment where there's no talking and they're all just staring at each other and it keeps yeah, the table. Back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's pretty great because there's no, nothing being said but all of them are giving each other these looks of like, all right, who's the killer here? 
you know, just some damn like, good. It's just some damn good acting and editing. It's like that's yeah. what carries yeah. that entire sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Falk no, and and, uh, yeah, the, and Landau make an amazing duo. They do. Uh, they. He's yeah. well. He's such a great sniveling, slimy villain, and then <laughs> Columbo just he won't stand for that like schmoozing stuff. You know, no, it's like two completely different. Sliming, sniveling villains. Right. Slimy, sniveling. They're slimy villains. in very distinct ways. Which That's is, the best part. One, yeah. one is is performing a, a show for you. The other one is just like hiding in the background, kind of slinking away. Yes. And it's like, yeah, Columbo has to take on two of these guys and are working together. And it's like this episode is amazing for that reason. Is that he takes on both of them, and it's like they think that they're like, oh, we're going to screw with his head. We're going to make him keep guessing. But he's all on to uh, Dexter the whole time. You yeah. know, he's like. Very like Dexter's just a big mouth. I mean, he basically gives himself away, mm-hmm. like several times. Yeah. Well, actually, though, the weird thing about this having the two guys is for these '70s episodes, this is kind of as far as the ones I've seen. It's as close as it comes to being a traditional whodunit because, okay, it, it's sort of regular Columbo episode in the beginning. You see the guy killing the uncle, but then they throw the wrench in, like, oh, but there's an identical guy, so you don't know exactly who it is until the end. So it makes it a bit more of a traditional whodunit detective show than it usually is. Yeah, I read online, you were saying that, and online they were saying this is the only Columbo episode where you don't know the killer in the beginning. Well, the 70s. 70s, Yeah, yeah, 70s. Yeah, the the 90s ones, but we did like a really terrible one. Uh, That one... uh, Undercover. Undercover, where they just like threw everything out the window like, yeah, we'll just make it a murder she wrote. Who cares? Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Don't. Um, I, I heard it's bad. Don't you bother. Guys. You're okay. <laughs> you will go to your grave a happy man if well, you don't I'll, see that. I will watch it. I'll probably watch it tonight that you oh, said that. Oh, <laughs> good Lord. I'm sorry. But No, you know, no, I, no. It, it, that's, that's fun for me. Bless your soul. <laughs> you don't know how much I love this show. <laughs> it, um, it's a wonderful program, yes. Um, I mean, I'm I'm now like I'm I'm tempted to read Peter Falk's biography and I'm uh, – I still haven't done that. I feel like I ought to do that too. Yeah, and, and I'm even I'm even considering of doing the more uh, very very sketchy idea of reading those spinoff books. I mean, the ones that are like him solving the JFK murder. Oh, John has let those. Me, let me jump in. I just finished the JFK murder one. Oh my god! <laughs> I was hoping you guys have read these. Yeah. I, I'm writing it up for the Tumblr. Uh, John yeah, got a bunch off eBay, right? I think I got a bunch off eBay. Yeah. Uh, I've got the I one where he solves the, the JFK murder. And I have the one where he solves the Manson killings. That's the other oh, one I saw. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Manson Is that all killings. Is there more? Uh, are those canon, John? Are those uh, in continuity? You know, they, they fairly well fit. There's nothing in them that, as far as I can see, contradicts canon. They're a bit canon. of a they're a bit of a what I call it, a bait and switch because they really sell you on the idea that he's going to be pursuing the the Kennedy assassination and find the murderer. But it it's more of a little bit of a plot device. Uh, it, it, yeah. it feels like like Columbo traveling through time kind of idea. Like, <laughs> Which actually, yeah. that ain't a bad idea for a series of books itself. I kind of yeah. like that. Like That's I like the to see. I want. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to do Columbo time cop, and I want to do. Uh, I want to do a series where Columbo shows up in Shakespearean tragedies. To oh, solve just say, um, that would be perfect for him because it's like he would be investigating some traveling company that a guy gets stabbed on stage, and it's clearly not part of the play. Ah, there you go. They're like oh, a yeah. traveling, yeah, traveling uh, Shakespearean company, and he goes after him. I just want like, to oh, good sir, I think you have doth murdered someone. 
I just wanted him to show up in Denmark and try to solve the murder of Hamlet's father. <laughs> well, Bishop Polonius, good. you were saying that you, yeah, you were hiding <laughs> behind actually, the curtain. That's pretty good. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, uh, back to this episode. It's really. I mean, th- there's something about it that's so appealing. And um, I made a list when I was trying to pick an episode, like, what are the, the, the um, factors that lead to me picking a great Columbo episode? One of them is that he, he, there's always got to be a mentioning of his wife. Yes, definitely. That's yep. very important. The other one is, like, I kind of like there to be one scene that's super quirky, which is the, the cooking show scene. Well, that or the – yeah, the cooking show scene, but then also the uh... – where he just has the the bit of comic business with the soap slipping out of his hands in the bathroom towards the beginning too, or <laughs> it just becomes this weird physical comedy sequence for a long time, completely quiet, mostly one shot, and he's just going nuts around the bathroom and the soap slipping out of his hands and he's just yeah, yeah no that's great I, I like that there's a lot of scenes where there's not a lot of dialogue it's just him milling about also when i rewatched it the funny thing is how jeanette nolan gets so pissed at him oh those are so great she is so as the maid in this episode yeah she hates him she hates him on a bruce kirby level it's crazy it's great and then what's funny is when i watched it again there's a scene where she's just like you get out of here with your dumb cigar and then then he just goes to the bathroom and then he comes back yeah. It's like, told him to leave, and he doesn't leave. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, it's that's, like, that's, that if you ends come up being... out of your house, I'm leaving. But he just kind of <laughs> hangs around, and he's like, yeah. something bother you. Uh, like, <laughs> well, He's kind of a cop. He does have to hang out. Yes, exactly. He's got to look for clues to crimes. <laughs> now, this is right. one, of, one of the things I love best in a Columbo episode, and I think is a hallmark of the better ones, is when you see little cracks in Columbo's facade, and you get a really genuine look of what the guy's like, when he's not trying to solve cases, who he is underneath all the murder and the deduction. Right. Yeah. And he has yeah. a great scene with with Mrs. Mrs. Peck, Miss Peck, where he's pleading with her to be fair to him. Oh, in the kitchen, right? Yeah. He's like, I, I'm, I've never been rude to you. I, the health I've cookies. been very polite. Yeah. I've never insulted you. Yeah. And he asks her, I think you're not being very fair. And I felt like that was a little kid talking to his mother, trying to talk oh, yeah. like an adult to well, his mom. Do you, do you remember in past episodes when Columbo talks about his childhood and he says, oh, yeah. like, him and his buddies used to throw rocks and they were kind of sketchy? Um, that It's a little bit of that. It's like he's never really grown up. He's still this, like, kind of, like, roustabout guy that does everything, like, off book. And he's mm-hmm. just very, like, you know, like, kind of immature and the way he goes bit. about things he's 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 a schlub so it's yeah. like the type of like her who's very proper and everything's like pristine like she sees him it's like that's her enemy is like this guy's like a dirty like <laughs> disgusting pe- piece of shit guy and it, it's funny because like yeah you, you're right he is like a child he's like apologizing yeah you know like like sorry i tracked in mud on your beautiful floors um, <laughs> but, but, but I keep doing his voice. I'm, I'm we're gonna no, go it's right. fine. Gotta, but but to me too. Also, a bit of it is he always seems to identify him more because he's always going to houses and mansions, or they've got uh, housekeepers and butlers. And it seems to me he always identifies and and sympathizes more with the help at these places too. So I yeah, think right, that's part right. of it too, where he feels bad that he's put this lady out, mm-hmm. who is just yeah, kind of like the housekeeper at this place. He's like. Listen, I'm sorry, you. It's all right, but this is like the, yeah. the high-priced lawyer. 
he's freaking that guy out, telling me he might be a suspect. But right. when it comes to the <laughs> housekeeper, he's like, listen, ma'am, I'm sorry. I want to be polite. We've got it off on the wrong foot. And yeah, he doesn't yeah, want to like, yeah. no, I mean, be it, lousy it's, to it's her. his magic. He, he's got a way with words uh, of way of uh, schmoozing people. Like he's really good at it. Yeah. Like he the writes her people, down. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And, and, but I just like that there's no winning with her, like throughout the episode. Well, but they still messes up her TV set. So yes, <laughs> that's, that's one of my favorite scenes. It's so comical the way he's just like, well, you got to, tur- whoops. And then he just and breaks the knob <laughs> off the TV set. <laughs> Oh, the yeah. guy! The guy will put that on for you. He'll yeah, put that back on for you. No problem. It's not a problem. And then it's like she just like she goes from like one to to ten gears gear wise. She's like, <laughs> like you. Oh, she's. It. <laughs> it 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 is a weird kind of almost burlesque thing of her doing like the take of just being it's, angry at him kind every of, time. Yeah. It's almost like Mo. You know, it's like he's curly. <laughs> yes, he's a like, little bit. Do it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that, that's why I loved it. It was so, like, just, yeah, you're right, like, vaudevillian, very, very, like, classic Abbott Costello style, and, like, so, and then, like... Yeah, also, like, almost like, like the Niagara Falls theme a little bit, like, oh, Niagara, yeah, Niagara yeah. Falls! And then she just, just screams at him. And he's perfect, he's just like, thing. oh, I'm sorry, oh, God, I'm, oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's like, he just does more bad things as he's trying to apologize, and, uh, yeah, I love him just, he's flicking the thing, and she's like, that's not an ashtray. Yes, because he, he does the the worst, the most incorrect thing every single time in front of her. Yeah. I love that the the ashtray but thing is great because he's trying like to be good. Yeah, I know. He yeah. really he doesn't mean to do any of these things. He's there to help her, and like she just constantly is just watching him so closely that she notices every little movement. It's like you are a bum. And it's like, <laughs> That's the best. You belong in a pigsty. That's yes. Amazing. Right. 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 <laughs> oh, this is so good. Yeah, see, that's that's the other reason I picked this episode is, like, when I watched it again, I was like, oh, that's this episode where right. the lady just freaks out on him. Um, and it's, yeah, it, and, you know, you she, uh, I looked her up, she was actually the voice of Norma Bates in Psycho. Oh, I know she did a lot of films, but I didn't know that was something yeah. she done. Oh, and good Lady lord. And Macbeth in uh, um, Macbeth by uh, Orson Welles, which I was oh to watch, and then I didn't get to finish. But, I wonder uh, if that's why they called one of the twins Norman. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Well, I know that's one of the best Macbeth versions that everyone says is like right. that one Polanski. But um yeah, she I mean she's she's really I mean, she's been around a while. She's a great actress. And like yeah, like her, her comedy chops in this episode are spot on. And yeah, it's just yeah. because one character's mad, the other one's apologetic. Mm-hmm. It's a classic scenario. Right. Um yeah, but I mean but if you guys has- want to jump but Sorry, what, she's doing. A, she's doing a Mrs. Rittenhouse in a way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A suddenly chaotic character has come into her perfectly ordered world. But but she has <laughs> terrible uh, taste in television. Oh, Let's talk about God. TV. Uh, watching watching a TV show starring the guy from V and from Beastmaster. Beastmaster. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that whole show, which is only shot in uh, from, from the floor the close-ups. <laughs> I like, like the thing is, I kept the thing is, I kept I watched it. And I kept thinking, like, oh, maybe this is like the the early '70s seasons of the uh, uh, the um, uh, soap opera that you see in Twin Peaks. It's yeah, like one of those, no, one of those soap, soap operas that goes on for like thirty years. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's it. Yes, yeah. I was thinking that too. I was like, "Invitation to Love." Yep. They show that it's it's very much the same deal. It's like here's this really crappy 
soap opera and we're trying to show you yeah they're clearly showing you how bad tv is this and cheap extreme close-ups it. and it's just yeah yeah you yeah. got the 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 dialogue in both of the the two shows we saw were ident- almost identical i think it's two episodes <laughs> of the same show actually. no no the first time the old doctors guy... the second time it was lawyers yeah but it was like it's the same old guy was in both no, it, was of them. it was a different old guy. oh he was in a different i thought it was the same old guy oh no no i got okay. the screen caps buddy Oh, well, sorry. Well. <laughs> What's funny is that it, it's about a – wasn't it like a fullback that becomes a doctor? Yes. Yeah, football <laughs> player who becomes a doctor. And he can't like, handle telling you people. You may be a fullback, Rocky, but you must yes, understand Yes, Rocky was his name. Oh, my God. Sick. Good Lord. I'm green. Tell me what to do. Yeah. yeah. You're purple. <laughs> oh, my God. That's one of my favorite lines, too, is when he's like, well, I'm green. And she's like, you're purple. Uh, why? <laughs> Just setting her up for more great lines. Uh, there's also, I noticed watching this one again, there's a scene at the end where, um, you know, Columbo's deducing all the situation, uh, what's going on. And then uh, Mrs. Peck's standing there. And then this, like, TV repair guy goes, uh, what, so what color do you want? <laughs> he comes in and he, he has to check with her to see what the right color is. And I'm like, uh, this guy set. can't figure yes. out that it's what normal people's skin look like. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, do you want the purple lady? Is that, is that what you're into? Like, it, it's really weird. And then she leaves the room. And I think that's, it's so stupid. Cause I can tell that's a device just to get her out of there. Right. You know, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that speaking, Columbo speaking of individual it. performances. Yes. Let's, let's take a few minutes to just drink in Dabney Coleman's Burt yes. Reynolds impression. Oh, I, I, I have written down here. Uh, Debbie Colvin doing a Burt Reynolds. Yes. And he's actually, so good and it. he's pronouncing, he's pronouncing homicide like Johnny Cash in his episode, homicide. That's how he homicide pronounces there, it, which uh, was wonderful to hear that. Yeah. No, he, he, he does a Debbie Coleman the way only Debbie Coleman can do it. But also, is that a wig he's wearing? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've never point, seen him with the crazy sideburns, but I like it. I'm thinking of like Clifford when he has the wig. <laughs> oh, Right. <laughs> Twice, <laughs> twice in my life, I got to mention this. Twice in my life for Halloween, I've gone as Dabney Coleman. Wait, what? As how? What, what Just the two as Dab- I put on a fake mustache fake and I walk around Halloween. scowling and making little Dabney Coleman noises. Oh man! <laughs> what? Did I went work? as Dabney Coleman from nine to five. I just wore a gray suit. Okay, that's my this favorite was when I was role. Like, by the way, of his. What's that? that yeah, my that favorite a, role for him is that movie. Ninety-five. Uh, yeah, I like him in War Games, but yeah. I mean, that's like when I was a kid. That's where I remember him from. I remember. I uh, remember him as McKittrick from War Games more than anything else as a kid. Oh yeah, that's. The oh yeah, he's that. He's that. He's that jerk with but computers. Also cloak and dagger. That's my second costume. Oh, oh, you did. You wore the uniform and everything. What's that? You wore the uniform and everything. I wore the little. I actually just got like nice. a black sweater and a black cap. Oh, nice. That's pretty cool, and then I put the That's a great so costume. Like, oh, you went man. as him from Cloak and Dagger. Well, I, but yeah, but I just went as Dabney Coleman. Cause... What? No, but come on. That, that's, that's Dabney Coleman from Clo- Cloak and Dagger. That's great. No, yeah. I, I'm I'm a huge fan of Dabney Coleman. That's another oh, reason yeah. I picked this episode is like he, he makes an appearance, but it's so like, yes. Just, oh, don't look at me. You know, he's very like on the side. He's not even trying yeah. to steal the timeline. Like you said, Burt Reynolds totally doing a Burt Reynolds because impression. Because you can see, because these had like a, they have so many of these like side sergeants, lieutenants, or whatever coming to help Columbo. 
this one, he's so natural with it, and it just works so well. I, it made me wish like he had done more of these back then. Yeah, I honestly could have seen. Uh, yeah, so I could have seen Coleman starring in his own detective show. Well, we we've already talked about uh, Abed. Have you seen? Um, we talked about this one a while back. Columbo and the Murder of a Rock Star, 90s episode. Oh, yeah. I watched that. Oh, one. you did? Oh, good. Good, good, See, good. I watched that He's before great that. I listened to your episode. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Because I wanted to. And, and, and it's, he's wonderful. It's horrible. Matt. But yeah, he's great. The reason it, I watched it. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to bring up Creighton's Law, the uh, TV show that we completely formulated. Like, oh, yeah, here's his character had an entirely separate television show called Creighton's Law. Starring Dabney Coleman as. as what are you, what is whatever Creighton or something? It's something lawyer Creighton. Creighton. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> so he, he there's a show where he's a lawyer, but he does a Columbo kind of lawyer thing. Yeah, I don't know. That's, no, no. I think we did, our, the idea we had was he had his own show. He's just like an asshole lawyer, pretty much. Oh, I got every it. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we were just pitching. <laughs> and it would have been shows. a good program. Like he no, should have done that one. Is bad, but it, he saves it because he's a little just bit. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though there like, isn't much I, else to recommend it. He's yes. such a good murderer. I wish he'd been. Yes. A, he should have been on as often as Culp and, and McGowan. And oh, yeah. No, yeah. You, you know, um, you guys brought up something that I wanted to say that I have favorite. Oh, um, right. Yes, you'd emailed about this. Yes. The, yeah, the, the and, per people well, no, you no, thought I mean, should like, be good. I, yeah. Robert Culp, definitely. One of the best murderers in the yeah. show. Jack Cassidy, definitely. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the other one I like. Yeah, Dabney Coleman, he would have been a good repeat one for sure. But who uh, else do you think more. would have been good? Yeah, there's one more. Um, gosh, I can't think of it right now. Um, gosh, I think I, I, I blew my load there. I said them all uh, <laughs> like <laughs> Cassidy for sure. I mean, it's like almost like when he shows up, y- you know, he's going to, it's going to be a good episode. Like from right. the, from the get go, it's like, yes. he's, he just has that way. Like, and same with Culp. I mean, Culp, the way he handles Columbo is great. You know, the weird it, thing is we still have not done a Culp episode on this podcast yet. Somehow. Really? Yes. Oh man! We're like, with with yours, this is going to be twenty one into this deal, twenty one into this thing, almost a year into it, and we have not done a Robert Culp episode yet. Amazingly, he had like three or four of these things. Didn't you do the one where he was the the television executive guy? No, no, no. We haven't done any. We talked about. It. We haven't done any of them yet. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll do the, the we'll do the Culp too. blowout this fall. Be a Culp blowout. Four episodes in a row for Robert Culp. And Kling Order, he's just a guest in the 90s episode. Columbo goes to college or whatever it is. I'll, I'll bring up Mrs. Columbo because he's in one of those, too. Oh, see, there we go. We'll have to do that. We'll do the Mrs. Columbo. The Culp is in. Oh, he's in one of the Mrs. Columbos. Good yeah. Lord. Really? really briefly, which one? Really briefly. He's murdered. How many of the... Oh, of the he's Mrs. murdered? Columbos. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, there's 13 Mrs. Columbos. Hmm. So there are 13 too many Mrs. Columbos. <laughs> dare, dare I venture into that... Those uncharted waters, and or I just should I just stay out? You can find <laughs> them on the internet someplace if you want to. I've been to. watching them, and I there's an appeal to them. There's there's, there's, there's a few things. that are on the DVDs, and you can find the rest of them online, right? In places. Yeah, they're on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like they'd be on YouTube. I mean, I I like Voyager, so I, I want to check that out. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> that might make uh, you not like Voyager. I don't know, but we'll see. Well, yeah. Voyager is like very underrated. It, it's not a bad Star Trek show. It's all it, right. Like my my I dad mean, got obsessed with it when better. it came I mean, out. A, yeah, I, yeah, definitely way better. Yeah. yeah, way better. But I mean, Voyager has its moments, and um, I like how they ended it. Right. But yeah, I've never sorry. curtailed a tangent this quickly, sorry. but we curtail this tangent. Okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> 
What, John? You don't want to talk about Star Trek spinoffs of the late the, '90s and early the 2000s? Just down podcast. Yeah. All yeah. right. <laughs> I guess we should well, here, talk let me, about let me this put you back on track because we haven't All talked right. uh, yet about probably the most interesting scene in the episode, which is when uh, Peter Falk or Columbo attends Dexter Paris's cooking show. Right. No. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start talking about it, and I, I diverged badly. But yes, that's a great, great scene, which was supposedly. Uh, completely ad libbed. Yeah, that's I think like a real good example of the chemistry between Falk and uh, and Landau. Wait, it's ad libbed, so um, Falk was really just like uh, like he didn't know what to say. Yeah, no, yeah. I guess yeah, they they brought him up there. I guess they just ad libbed that entire scene from what I've read. I mean, Which what I want to know, but it I mean, so there naturally. might be no way to figure this out. Is was he really? Was that all? Like, did he intend to just be like? Stunned. That's my question too. I yeah. thing is, I yeah. think I think it probably was going to be that he was going to bring him up there, but I think it, I, I'm guessing the ad living and improvising well, came when they brought him up there, and then that's when they just sort of like, yeah. ah, we'll just uh, wing it. I have they brought I him have, up in front of the audience. I have Falk's reminiscence of it. I found oh, that. Okay, and? so we'll we'll save that for a second because authorial intent is only, only goes so far. Um, but yeah, the question I have when well, I was Thoriel, watching this, what, what is this? What are we? What is this some New York Times, New York, uh, New Yorker podcast? Authorial well, intent. <laughs> Good lord, fancy talk. Anyway, <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> do I need to read Ant's email to you again, RJ? Oh, okay, yeah, okay, never mind. Uh, anyway, um, uh, <laughs> one of my, my question was watching that scene and trying to get into Columbo's head, wondering if. This is Columbo's trap. Columbo shows up at a lot of TV tapings or public events, which where I his, blame where his suspects. Are I, I, I blame. Do, do you think TV you producers think... in Los Angeles during the 1970s for hiring murderers a lot? <laughs> that's that's a problem right there. From the get well, start, I always, I always wonder if like he's waiting for them to call him up to be embarrassed in public because that's like the number one way you know that a, a guy is uh, guilty. Yes. I was just about to ask the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, d- does he I- is Columbo just a glory hog? Does he just love to be like in front of the camera or on the spotlight, or is he really just so clever that he's trying to dissect them from this angle? Where he's I think just that's a fan? what it is. I think that because he always acts really modest and like, oh, I can't believe because uh, the Ruth Gordon episode he did that. Like, oh, you're not calling me up, are you? That's, to that's the only example oh, I was thinking of. Yes. He does yeah, it in the Patrick McGowan episode. Like, oh, oh, wait, which, which, which uh, Patrick yeah. McGowan episode does he do that in? In Identity Crisis? He, uh, oh, right, uh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it happens in the food episode we did with Alan McPherson. Yes. Murder, murder Under Glass. Yeah, That's he goes right. up That's there. Right, right. It happens all the time. Well, I'll tell you, uh, uh, Abed had it closest. Uh, Peter Falk described that scene as representing Columbo's delight to have been picked out of the audience. Okay. <laughs> so he was nice. not there to catch Paris. He really was just there to go observe him, maybe. Yeah. But getting picked out of the audience was a surprise. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I, so now, yeah. we, now we know. Yeah, well, that's oh, what makes fun. that scene so great is just like when he, he picks him up, Who, the look me? on Columbo's face is just yeah. totally like, <laughs> like it's like. It's like Price is Right, you know, like... Him just- <laughs> yes! Yeah. How about <laughs> yeah, that woman definitely. behind him, speaking of which, the woman sitting right behind him is so happy for Columbo. Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's, like, super excited. I didn't do a, uh, a, a, um extra watch. where I watched a bunch of times. I should have watched it and just looked at the extras, like you guys did that. Um, it's the best thing. I, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you can always see someone in the background is, is overdoing it. <laughs> right. 
There's yeah. some, like, the last episode we did, uh, suitable for framing. There's a guy on the sound stage at the TV show who just straight looks at the camera. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Really? Oh, <laughs> uh, that guy. Oh, nice. No, I love that. I mean, like, um, what I like is I watch sitcoms, and um, a lot of times my, you know, they're boring, and so I look, and then the <laughs> are actually more fascinating than the actors. Yeah, because they're right. especially in like Full House, it's like the the extras are really trying to get noticed. So, oh right, yeah, it's like that was stuff. my chance. This is my big Come chance. On, try that now. Do you guys know <laughs> yeah. the to do my own tangent? Do you guys know about the news radio Invisible Extra? No, no. what's they, this? They had it. They had a joke apparently on seasons three and four, where whenever the group, uh, when all the characters were in the same room, were all together, they would put one other guy in the back and then he would always get the last line and then everybody would turn around and say who are you because he wow. would never he was just an extra but that always that got show. cut oh what, really? what in every single episode so, so you only saw the when guy you're watching, when you're watching news radio take a look at the crowd scene and sometimes there's just a guy standing behind like beth or lisa or something mm. is it the, and the then same he'll person just, he'll disappear the same is it person or guy no? each time it's a different guy every time. <laughs> that show, okay. that that damn show, that show should have a podcast. It makes you really excited because I, I watched all of Frasier and all of Cheers and almost all of Family Ties recently. Um, and when I was watching all of Frasier, I was like, I was like, oh, there's got to be something this good. And then I realized news radio is something I should. Yeah, do it. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't seen all of it in a while. Nobody, I mean, there was a a bit of a burst a couple years ago where it was showing up on syndication a lot for whatever reason, whatever business stuff, and then it just disappeared and went away again. So it's, so I guess you have to get the DVDs now, but yeah, it's not being like broadcast anymore now. Probably has the DVDs. (laughs) I gotta Um, look for that. Yeah, knowing them, they definitely, because I, I mean, uh, they're they're my pr- pretty much my news radio source. <laughs> it's good to have one of those. <laughs> good to have one. Yeah. News radio, a, news radio source, and, and a heroin. Mrs. Source. Or uh, I mean, Mrs. Columbo, not <laughs> not not heroin. Oh, so, God. Uh, <laughs> anyway, to get, to get back, Julie to this. Newmar. I uh, what? Sorry. Oh, you know, um, I I I feel really sad, embarrassing. This I watched this episode a total of four times, and somehow coming out of it. I neglected to figure out which twin killed who. <laughs> oh, I have a pretty good um, idea. I was I was watching it recently, and and that was my whole purpose for watching it. I was like, I'm going to figure out who's doing what in this episode. Right. Like the second time you watch Fight Club, and you go like, <laughs> yeah, like, now I'm going to go through this and figure yeah. out. That. Right, right. Yeah. This is the Fight Club like Columbo that. episodes. Yeah, but you you kind of can't tell. I what think if, what if I'm Norman pretty sure. Is, what if Norman is the Tyler Durden to Dexter's? Yeah. Oh, but Columbo yeah. sees him. He knows him. Everybody sees him and knows him. No, that's why Columbo always looks so shocked whenever. Oh, jeez. That's like the Dexter Paris is the pointing down the craft table and like there's nobody there. So Columbo's just like, oh, look at that. Oh, if, if they were brilliant and they did that, that would be fascinating. <laughs> like him at the end in a straitjacket, like. Was <laughs> somebody really there? No, and like it was my brother. It was my brother. Like, give him more drugs. You know, your like, brother died at age five. What? No. <laughs> oh yeah, like Apex Twin. Like, you, did you hear about <laughs> that story? No. What? You know, guys know Apex Twin, right? Yeah. Well, not yeah. personally, but yes. Well, his um, the reason he's called that is because his twin brother was a stillborn. Oh, good lord. Okay. Yeah. Well, so 
he, he has enjoy that music, thing. everybody. <laughs> he's actually brilliant. Yeah. Um, but his, he said in this interview that he feels like he's the one that shouldn't have survived. No, oh, but he Lord. was the evil version. That's what like, you say in interviews. <laughs> I know that helps your brand. But it's also like loud. he could be making that up. I mean, that's kind of yeah, that's that's the way that guy yeah, is. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Fiji said the near- same thing. Here's my nearest guess. Okay, so who killed who? I I'm pretty sure. I feel like Norman definitely killed um, uh, Catwoman. Why am I blanking on her name? Julie Julie, Julie Newmar. Oh, really? I feel because I feel like I think Dexter had to around. call him and send him over there mm, to get I, ahead. I of am him. very co- I'm yeah. very confident um, the banker Norman killed the uncle. And they did the old-fashioned Hitchcock crisscross, and Dexter killed uh, Julie Newmar. But he had to get so he had to get so far ahead of Doctor Hewer. Well, I feel he had to I get that far ahead of him. He had the, who knows when that guy left? He might yeah, have had other, okay. he might have had other errands. Like, okay, well, I'll go over there now. Whatever. Plus, Dexter is much more personable, and he actually knows yes. the fiance. So yeah, yeah. Whereas Norman did Norman didn't know the fiance. She's like, yeah, yeah I knew of him. Yeah, where he'd be able to get into her apartment, like, oh, let's look on the balcony, and then shove her over. Yeah. Okay, so that being said, Norman yeah. has a lot of anger towards his uncle because the yes. scenery kills him. And, and a lot of anger towards his uncle, and also uh, uses shitty, shitty puns. Because <laughs> what I, I wrote it down. Where, what do you what do you say? He said, "You're going to get a real charge out of this." Yeah, oh, not a shock. Oh, yeah. Not a which, shock. Where it's, which to me it seems like. Yeah, that kind of guy would think that's a great, clever quip, and it's just stupid. But like it's also kind the of only boring time we see Norman smile. Yeah, yeah which but, I think, but, which makes it more interesting to me. He's like, yeah. he's you know, so happy he's you, murdering the guy. Yeah. I'll just say this, that um, it, it makes me feel that maybe Dexter really did kill his uncle because he's the the cheesy cooking show guy. He's got all these cheesy lines that he thinks are funny. And to these mm-hmm. housewives, they're funny. You but know, I think they would like, do that to maybe throw them off just in case. I right. don't know. <laughs> He threw in a little wit just in like, case the cops are listening. Yeah. Because I feel like I Norman is, is is kind of just like clueless. He's sort of like a, a bumbling. He's the one that's like a gambler. He doesn't know what's going on. His brother's kind of running the show. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's Norman, very fascinating Norman, because, yeah. Norman does seem to be living in his own head a lot. Yes. Right, and, and right, right. like as a testament to Landau's performance, he's the guy who tries to rush Columbo through his every everything he says. Yeah, you know, Columbo's like, yeah, I've seen never seen this much money, and he's like, yeah, you get used to it. I'm move on. Uh, whereas <laughs> Dexter's more willing to fart around. So yeah, well, I mean, which yeah. yes, bring that up again. Uh, that's how good Landau was in this. But that, he did spend. It makes you very unsure. And it's two very, very distinct people he's playing, and he does. Yeah, yeah it, it's watching it. Watching it again, it, I, I was just surprised. It, yeah, it, it just was brought into relief for me even more, like how good he was in this, playing these two separate dudes. Yeah, how long was it, he on Mission Impossible? It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely. That's why I picked this episode for sure. Is like Landau's performance is. It's it's one of the best Columbo episodes for that reason is he's playing two characters and the fact that you have to kind of guess, you know, he's letting you play this guessing game. Yeah, um, that's very te- that's a very you know, I, I should say that I had a chance to say hi to Martin Landau and I Where? chickened out. I Where? chickened out. For what? 
uh, my friend made a movie with him, and he was at the premiere, and I just I was scared. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, a, a Oscar award winning actor for a Tucker Man in His Dream. Why wouldn't you be? Well, I, I was gonna bring up how much I love this movie, Mistress, that he's in. Um, oh, what's Rob that? Full. Uh, it's, it's one of his well, lesser known movies. I mean, um, Crimes and Misdemeanors is, is also great, but oh, I Mistress suppose. is, yeah, Mistress is with him and like Christopher Walken and Robert Wool. Oh, wow. And I can't oh, remember who else is in it, but it's, it's not, it's not a well-known movie, but it's actually really interesting and it's about making movies. See, now uh, I would have brought up his uh, work in BAPS <laughs> myself, but that's just me. Good. Yeah, I, I, I haven't said seen that. that in so long. Um, also, his talented daughter, you know. Oh, right. God, I forgot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. she's a Buffy and a million other things. Yes. She's great. Right, 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 right. She's got that great character in uh, Ed Wood, you know. That's yes, like, the one who wants really... to fund the film in the bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and him and Ed Wood is just... Oh, oh my God. Incredible. That's why I was afraid to talk Incredible. to him is, is like I would have just quoted that movie. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, he's amazing in that. Uh, John, to answer your question, he was on Mission Impossible for three years. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's got – he was the he was a master of disguise on that show. Well, there so you go. Just did almost you guys, continuing trend. Did you guys see actually the um, YouTube video of someone from MTV? Uh, when Mission Impossible came out as a movie, um, there's this, this uh, MTV yes. footage. Yeah, where, where the girl no, doesn't what? know who he is. <laughs> oh, yeah, I she, think I have she seen flat this. out yes. asked him, "Why are you here?" or something like yeah. that. <laughs> and like, he looks he looks like perplexed. He's like, like he has this look on his face, and he doesn't. He's not a jerk about it. Like he doesn't let her have it. He just kind of acts like, okay, you know, uh, um, which is a testament to how nice he he probably is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like really embarrassing for her, you know, not to know what the fuck she's reporting on. Exactly. Uh. Yeah. Why would you ask any actor at a red carpet event? Why are you so here? Why are you here? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember you in this movie. What, what? <laughs> <laughs> like she's was, checking his credentials. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> screen, she, her her producer or whatever. The door tender heads up. I guess but. the door tender that night was the no. That that clip makes me laugh because um, I, I'm someone who like I know all that stuff. So someone that's working there that doesn't know it, I'm like. Whoa, where did they go wrong? <laughs> or like any, right. or just any, there had to have been someone working on their team as a researcher, like, well, no, that guy has been in a lot of stuff, and, yeah. Anyway. <sighs> you know, one of the things I like about this episode, too, is I have a, I have a couple friends in Tucson uh, who are twins, and who I always thought kind of looked like Martin Landau, so it was kind of fun to watch. Wait, what? That's, wait, what? I... And a big shout out to uh, Tom and Ted Prozelski. They look like Martin uh, Lando, and they are twins. A little bit. They don't look a lot like Martin Lando, but well, they've got some if even if you look enough, that reminds you. That's kind of an impressive yeah. odd. So it was thing. kind of it was kind of fun to watch. Watch. I liked. Uh, I think them maybe kill third somebody. Or fourth, third or fourth viewing, I pretended it was them. Oh, good. That's a really. That's interesting. Those are my friends murdering someone, yeah. pretending not to murder someone. I'm you sure. That, I'm sure they'd be flattered. I, I feel like that gives you. Um, a, a, a deeper perspective with the episode. <laughs> yeah, see? I mean, you're more, more connected to it. And also, uh, wondering a bit more, back when you were in Tucson, uh, mysterious disappearances of people, if maybe they were involved somehow. 
Yeah, goes. Should, like, should I call the police? Them, I don't know. I uh, huh. one of them was was a uh, was a state senator, so he would have been a perfect uh, murderer for a Columbo episode. Oh, oh there you go. Great perfect. Columbo episode. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. A state could, senator with a twin that would have been amazing. Yes. Oh, they could have. They, they could bring back the twin. The twin idea for sure for that. That's great. Yeah. Um, um, I, I mentioned and, Julie yeah. Newmar earlier. So they had her on uh, to be odd. And just to wear tight clothes doing yoga, apparently. Yeah. Right. <laughs> is what my guess is for her character in this episode. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll mention that we were reserving this episode for a real long time for really? Coop. Yeah, uh, the, the illustrator Coop. Well, I was thinking him, or I oh, thought uh, wow. Chris Sims also would have been. Yeah, Chris Sims good. was dying to do it because he's a Batman Well, I but also, actually know Chris Sims from the internet. He, I yeah, think yeah. He, yeah, he he's on my Twitter or something. So those so those two dudes, either one of them would have been good for uh, Julie yeah. Newmar. Oh but, man! But in the <laughs> end, so Julie Newmar. I, has, so you got it. You better enjoy Julie Newmar, man. <laughs> but she has so little to do in this episode. Earn this. I'd have been it's a waste. It's a shame. It's a shame with her because she. It feels like maybe like she had more scenes and they were cut. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah, yeah. And she feels they, like in her character actually. Where she is very vehement about, like, she didn't want the money from the the rich uncle she was about to marry or anything. And then she just gets killed for no reason because she gets kind of sold out by the um, the attorney, the family attorney, who has a wonderful heel turn, by the way. Right, right. Because you, oh, ex- yeah. you don't see that coming. That no, almost no, never no. happens at in a At all, either. at all. Because usually it's, oh, it's family attorney, he helps Columbia, talks to him, blah, blah, blah. And then just all of a sudden he's like... Well, I can make this will go away if you give me some money, <laughs> if you cut me in every year for the rest of my life. That was, yeah, that guy did a no, great, he, he great heel No, he immediately becomes like a shit heel. Yes, yeah. it's wonderful. He, it's a, oh, he does yeah. a great job of it, too. I and know, and the, guy, yeah. the guy playing him is awesome. Oh, like, yeah. He just looks like the guy that would do that. But he doesn't until he, it happens. Until it happens, it's like, oh, okay, well, he's, you know, this distinguished fellow who just wants a martini and... Does the fencing thing with his client every uh, couple nights a week, and then as soon, yeah. But then as soon as you see him turn into a huge sleaze bag, you're like, oh, well, of course, of course also, he would do that. Um, he he's he's framed twice, right? Twice. Well, he's suspected for the murder, right? Oh, because yeah, Columbo has like framed for the murder because there's a great thing with Columbo, and it's one of those things I love, uh, where it shows you Columbo has been working when he hasn't been on screen. Mm-hmm. Where uh, he's talking to the lawyer when they're like uh, uh, writing up how much everything's worth in the house, and uh, he's like, "Oh, I guess you suspect me." Like, "Oh, well, no, no, you couldn't. Have, we, you were at that uh, attorney's banquet, so you couldn't have done it then." <laughs> and the guy's like, "Oh, sure, so, okay." So Columbo checked them that, but there's that pause. And he's like, "But of course, you could have hired someone." And the look <laughs> on the guy's face, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of this just kind of fear is like, "What?" I love that scene yeah. for that reason. It's like. No, he didn't do it. But yeah, it could have comes right back. And so then I'm not going like, to cut yeah, you out. Scared. Yeah, it's so good. Well, he no, and then when the guy. Oh, sorry, John. No, I'm just saying he gets a lot of good stuff in this. He gets a lot of good scenes. Even when he's not on, he gets good scenes because uh, then when he goes to Julie Normar's place when she's been murdered, and he's like, "Oh crap, I get out of here," and he goes to the elevator, and the cop comes up in the elevator. He doesn't fight it. He's kind of like, "Ah, shit." All right. <laughs> right. And that's the last you see of him. But then later on, uh, Columbo says like, oh, no, no. He said he didn't do it. Everybody heard him all night because he was just yelling it all night. <laughs> I, 
I and think she, that was a great I think bit. That was a cut scene. It was. It was really you think? maybe because the way Columbo describes it, like wouldn't yeah. that be a scene that they show, like him at the station yeah. going, like it's not me. But it was funnier the way Col- the Columbo just says that was what happened. That it's way funnier that way. So I'm glad well, they did. Um, uh, there's a parallel there that I'd like to make. Um, in the beginning of the episode, you don't know that Martin Landau's um, a famous TV chef right. until he says, "Like, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing my show, and and it's like I'm always making stuff for these oh, housewives." Oh, the tarts and everything. And, yeah, yeah. There's one line where he just completely says who his character is. Yeah. So it's almost right. like they, they, they save all this time and energy with this one line. And that's kind <laughs> of what Columbo does there of like, you should have seen the, the, the noise he made at the station. Oh, he woke everyone up. And it's like telling you like, there's a whole scene that just happened and I'm explaining right. everything to you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, I, I cause this ain't one of the two hour ones. This is our only uh, hour and a half ones. So we can't yeah, show him the, doing that. I think the improv kitchen scene might've run a little long. Right, when he was on the show, that's probably where things got cut. Although I swear, watching it a few times, I think when Julie Newmar is on the phone, you know, saying "I don't want the money," mm-hmm. uh, I feel like they use two different takes to make that, that, that a slightly a longer scene. conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You're, you're right because um, if you actually listen to the way she says uh, when she answers the phone, she kind of talks in a weird way. Like I don't understand. Like I watched it and I'm like, why is she? talking that way yeah i didn't think they were trying then, to like just make her an odd lady or what yeah, yeah. no it just sounds really off like she doesn't sound like like the characters figured out and then it's like there's parts of that conversation where she sounds normal like she just kind of sounds like right. conversational um you know what i mean as opposed to like her really trying to sell it yeah like that. yeah and and i noticed that and i'm wondering if maybe that's why she's not in this episode as much as maybe like her acting is just all over the map oh could be yeah She's she's playing some kind of like flirty airhead for a yeah, lot of it. Yeah, and, and um, like the way she wipes bad. tears is weird. Right. She she's not a bad actress, but like yeah. it does feel like they kind of just push her in this corner. Yeah. And then, they basically um, said we'd like to look at a butt for about two minutes. Yes. Could you be <laughs> that butt? Yeah. I feel like she could have been a good murderer. She's another oh, character. Oh really? Oh. Yeah. That's what I thought she's too. So- She's so much fun in every role she does. I feel like oh, she yeah, could have been a good yeah. uh, stealer of cat-themed jewelry. Nice. But how about a murderer? Uh, no, but like sorry. her Catwoman is just like so deliciously evil. Yeah, and I think she could have probably pulled that back a little bit, but it would have been great to see someone who like a, a, a jilted lover, uh, you know, a, a burned business partner who could really like just, when the doors are closed, indulge in her guilty joy. I think yeah, someone. Um, yeah. You're right, because like I was thinking a lot about her Catwoman and how she's kind of comical. And then in yeah. this, it's, it's like kind of just like she plays this victim and she's not really got, a, got an angle in the story. It feels like they could have used more of her, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, yeah. Actually, talking, uh, you brought up a little bit like a weird editing, like she might have had a bunch of different like line readings. And they cut other ones mm-hmm. together. I wrote down the fact that um, at the beginning, when you see Martin Lando testing out the mixer, there's like this weird sped up thing where he's like getting it ready. Like they speed up the film for some strange reason. <laughs> that and scene that, is, is so funny. That's very it, it, strange. And then there's yeah. like the weird stuff like um, after the fencing scene, 
it's very obvious, like ADR stuff going on and very strange oh, oh, camera yeah. angles yeah. when they're in the house. That, that just listen, there's a yeah. lot of weirdness of that in this episode where they're just well, covering up a lot of strange things. I noticed. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know if any other Columbo um, guests you've had watch the, the episodes with headphones, but that's what I do. Oh yeah, so same I'm, here. I watch my computer the like second time through, and it's usually yeah. Yeah, well, I have headphones for my TV, and it's like I'll be cooking and I'll watch stuff. And basically, that scene when that came on, I, it was so obvious that it was VO. But it was, it, it was because because later on, like when Julie Newmar comes to the house, it sounds like you're in an echoey entry hall to a large house. But that scene where it's the the attorney and the uncle leaving, it's a very closed, very well regulated. Like sound booth, yeah, yeah. There's no I, I echo at all. That. It's yeah, yeah. It, it's very yeah. strange. This yeah, is it's one very of my strange. Yeah, I, I definitely noticed that. <laughs> one of, one of my notes for this episode is that ironically, uh, the only time they're in the house and it doesn't sound like they're recording the sound in someone's bathroom is when they're in the bathroom. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds pristine. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's perfect. Yes. Like there's good acoustics in that sunken bath. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also, another, one of the best lines is, would you accompany me to the bathroom? <laughs> yes. I do love that. Yeah. And he's already, he's like baffled them with his seeming With a towel. Yes. Oh, it's so it's like, good. Oh, no, ma'am. No, no, I understand. I, I'm, I'm sure the house is clean and you clean all the towels, but. The, the first <laughs> like, time I watched this. Doesn't yeah. she say, uh, I, I would never let a damp towel yes, be in the something house. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's trying to, like, use that as his key to explain, yeah, that's what I mean, and she won't let him. Right. Right. Uh, it's so good. And then he uh, tries to explain his arches and show the guy his arches in the right. clumsy attempt to look at his flat feet. <laughs> when uh, when they're in that oh, early that, scene. I was, you know, you brought up but, something that's in my notes. Um, do you feel like that's when Columbo starts to figure out uh, one of them or that, that he's the murderer? Because oh, yeah, he, definitely. Yeah, because remember, uh, Martin Landau's just, like, not wanting mm. to take his shoe off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's any time the murderer, like, just confronts Columbo after a question, that's when Columbo knows. So when he, yes. he says something about yeah. flat feet and, Pe- and Dexter goes, that's more in your line of work, isn't it? In this kind of desperate attempt to move the blame for the shoe. Right. And then that's when Columbo knows. Yes. Yeah, yeah. because you're, you, I, when I watch these, and I've watched a lot, believe me, I always notice that the murderer kind of always gives themselves away when, when they kind of like jump to conclusions in front of Columbo. Oh, God. Right. And they try to explain, like, yeah. here's how I think it happened. Like, no, don't yeah, do that, man. And it's don't like, do you're, that. You're writing, you're writing your own ticket there. Yes. You're, you're basically giving him this, like... Don't try to what? help him. With his job, yeah. you're in bad <laughs> shape, man. You, you can't, like, mess yes. with his his, his logic because he'll immediately be like, well, why did they ask me that question? You know, it's like, yeah, I, I, I love the show, and I, I've noticed that, like, every criminal does that. Yeah. You know, they're so just adamant in, like, saying, like, what they think. Ugh, idiot. And it's like, you idiot, just Don't keep your it. mouth shut. <laughs> let him go, let him go, he won't know. Ugh. Uh, one like, of the very uh, way, and then that's what stops him. <laughs> yes. One of the one of the things that I kept coming back to every time I watched this, and I I understand why it happens the second time, but the first time that Dexter or Norman is cutting the cord on the on the electric mixer and throwing it in the water to test it, he puts the beaters in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why. 
Yeah. Why yeah. are you doing that? Just because for that water. for that brief second before death, it'll seem like a jacuzzi. <laughs> so like, have that little bit of pleasure before you let's get it up like a really deadly kind of batter yes there you go <laughs> it's all because of the cook thing it's like he's this cook so he's like really up to something like you know like a evil recipe yeah well no see that's why that's why i think it's it's uh norman doing the murdering he doesn't know from that yeah, <laughs> you like, oh well, these things you have to have those in. It won't work. Oh, to that, work that's right. a really good. Uh, that's so I gotta do a that. Good argument for where it would be Norman. Yeah. So so like later that. on, he probably told Dexter like, oh yeah, but you, but you put the blades in. Well, yeah, I thought you had to have those in, or else it wouldn't work. Oh, you idiot! Come on. <laughs> have you well, ever you mixed anything? That at the end, when he no, I've him, got like, a girl. I've got yeah. a girl. She mixes things for me. I don't do that. Oh my god, it still has electricity, you idiot. Oh, but, well. but also, um, you, you, you just reminded me, this is in my notes as well, at the very end when um, he's caught, you know, uh, Dexter's quiet, and then all of a sudden, like, Norman admits the murder. He, oh, yeah, he, he just gets yeah, tired he, with it. Right. He's, he's, he's just sad for the lady. Like, oh, sorry I had to hear this. The and, like, and then Dexter's like, shut up! You know, it's like, yeah. obviously, you, you wonder if maybe uh, if they wouldn't have said anything, they could have gotten away with it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because you know, I mean, that was that admission of guilt right there. Doing the fast forward to the the multitude of court cases of Columbo's that get thrown out, right? Uh, there really is no way to prove who did the did what murders unless they confess. Yeah, yeah, unless they confess. So the best they can do is like a criminal conspiracy charge, I think. Maybe, but still, like they could have they could have walked away. We should get an probably. attorney. We should get an attorney <laughs> right. on the show sometime. A What's criminal that? defense. We should get a criminal defense attorney on the show sometimes. I guess that like, would be great. So what yeah, would you that's think? A good one. Let's throw. What do you think would happen? Yeah, if there's any criminal defense attorneys who enjoy Columbo, who'd like to be I'm a guest sure on the show, tons. Get right? in touch with us, Columbo at thecityus.net. We would love It'd be to have funny you on. If, if, if all lawyers hate the show because they're like, yeah, <laughs> that's not going to hold up. <laughs> <laughs> like they say that Columbo does never has a case. You know, they get super nerdy about it. It's like you're like, oh no, hey, Peter Parker, he wouldn't have been able to figure the <laughs> web shooters. I don't know. You you almost make a case for a, a spinoff where it's like the Columbo court cases, where we I actually see the murders. Desperately want to see that. I, oh, I, yeah. I wanted. I had this idea while I didn't. I didn't get it together. But like uh, doing an episode of this. Uh, where it would be like that serial show where there's like one episode where you take one case from a Columbo thing and, and it's the guy went to prison and trying to get out of prison because this um, L.A. cop put him in there on circumstantial evidence. <laughs> and just like talking to people who were involved, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't think he was guilty because yeah. what? He had a blind guy's brother? Yeah, I was going to say, to be a blonde guy. Hamilton. Come on, yeah, we'll be the In George prison. Hamilton one. It's by far <laughs> the George Hamilton one. Is he the got worst me with a one of these. And a blind guy. That's not as missable. That that's by far the worst one of these. I think <laughs> that was so oh, shaky. Yeah. George Hamilton's a really perfect actor for Columbo. Oh yeah, yeah. I have it, not that, seen his nineties one that's, yet. That's what my obsession with the show is. Is like. The the actors they pick are just wonderful. Like they they really in the seventies just nailed it. You know. Speaking speaking of uh, favorite actors, this is a good segue hmm. to talk about uh, your castings. 
Oh right, yes. For, uh, right, for right. Don't Which you know ones? I was about to bring that up. Let's I, let's 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 go out on that then. Very good point. Because that's one of the things that um, I was going to tell you guys that I enjoy seeing who people like as, as their fantasy Columbo cast. It's almost like you could do a fantasy football kind of thing. <laughs> you could, yeah. Get the grade on other people betting on it. Yes. Right. And, um, like, I have a bunch, actually. I'm looking at my notes now. But the one that, for me, I mean, like, uh, I'm a a really big uh, Orson Welles fanatic. Oh, he would have been great. Yeah, Orson Welles (laughs) is is my favorite actor by far. Yeah, and and, and the timing's right where he he could have shown up on a Columbo. And he could have used the money back then. Right. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that poor bastard. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But it, it's it, like I and it just kind of wrote itself because I, I imagined him. It's like, you know, Mercury Theater. He was part of this theater troupe and um, they're putting on plays and these plays are famous and they do murder plays. And uh, during the actual play, he substitute a, a real gun for a fake gun. Oh. And it actually kills the guy who's trying to take over the theater from more. Oh, nice. Not bad. Yeah. yeah. So the lights go out during the gunshot. So then lights come on and the, and the actor's actually dead, who who's the, like, guy, he's like the writer trying to take over. And then Orson Welles just kind of, you know, plays it coy, like, well, there was obviously a, a fake gun when I checked. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know, like, it, you know, don't bother me. And, <laughs> and I could just see Columbo really getting to getting on his nerves, you know. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. that'd be a great one. And maybe, maybe he and uh, Mrs. Columbo were in the audience that night. To see the right. play. He, well, he would say also that, oh, my wife loves your plays. Yeah, of course. You know, she's always dragging me to them. I'm not much into into theater, but my wife. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. sees all the performances. Exactly. Oh, you're, oh you're, no, you're, no, you're no some Shakespeare lieutenant. Oh, well, I saw a couple things back when I was in my the Army. My wife enjoys taking me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, incredibly, the incredible social life of Mrs. Columbo. <laughs> Which is right. probably mostly a lie, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, she drags him to all the the artsy fartsy stuff, and he's always kind of like, you know, kicking and screaming because he's this like common guy that just likes to go bowling. Right. Like, he likes a good meatloaf. <laughs> I like. To, I really like to think that Columbo is the most indulgent husband in the world. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever Mrs. Columbo wants to do, he's fine. That's fine, honey. Let's do that. And also, he. I think he would like all this stuff, but it it, it it's better for him uh, tactically. To always do that. To, oh no, I'm just this guy. Oh, I I don't know. I'm going to this. But I think yeah, he's he's much better read. He's much more cultured than he put himself out to like get people to underestimate underestimate him all the time. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say um, you bring up something very fascinating. Um, you you almost could say during Columbo that his wife is just an invention. That he just uses that to get to these. Oh these yeah, no, I, yeah, that theory has come up before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's yeah, definitely because, there's two Mrs. Columbos. There's certainly the real one that he mentions every now and again. Like he shows up to a crime scene, he's tired. My wife's sick, he says. That's real, right? But then then there's a fake Mrs. Columbo that he creates just to get on people's get people to trust him, and a million right. fake and then nephews. He, like, springs to to catch him and put him in jail, and countless yeah. fake and, nephews. Yeah. Well, all these nephews that are into different things that happen to be. Oh, I had a nephew who was into this. I had a nephew who was doing this for a while. Here's the real. Of, yeah. <laughs> it's either his nephew or his wife. Like, yes. <laughs> a lot of times it's a nephew. 
Well, you you want to see this nephew and this wife. You're like, <laughs> they're quite an interesting uh, characters that he's come up with. Because it's always like his <laughs> wife is, is into these different yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, oh, I, I have another fantasy one. The nephew is always going to school for something. Right. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that poor nephew, he never gets there. Uh, I got one more. Um, and uh, I thought of this one today while I was, like, doing stuff. Uh, Michael Caine. Oh crap! Oh heck! Yeah, and uh, the, the episode. If you guys I seen like that seventies, seventies or the nineties, either one would have been good. I would actually say seventies because if you guys seen Death Trap, yeah, with Christopher Reeve, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so oh, yes, that's, yeah. that's kind of where this is going. Like he's this playwright who's written this incredible murder play, and just like the Jack Cassidy one, he's got a partner. Who, who, you know, is like wanting to take the, uh, he's like, we got to go in a different direction. We got to make them more, you know, solvable. And then Michael Caine is the artist that's like, I don't want to go in that direction. So he murders his partner. And then like Columbo figures out that he murdered his partner, you know, who he makes it look like a suicide kind of thing. Yeah. Like, uh, but I mean, uh, I, I just imagine Michael Caine being the very, no, he would have been amazing. He, he would have been amazing going up against him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, oh like I, I, I would. That, that, that's what I thought of with these. Is I was like, who, what, what actor would I like to see Columbo match wits with? I think, I think those two. I could see like uh, the the Norson Wells one would have been the annoying one. You're glad to see get it in the end, but I feel like Michael Caine would have been one of the ones where it's sympathetic. Where if you're like, ah, oh, the guy got caught for murdering someone. That's a shame. Yeah, because Michael Caine is the struggling. Exactly, he's the struggling artist who who's really trying to change the way plays are. Are, are going and then he, his partner is this guy slowing him down that's like no we got to do the traditional thing to make people right. figure out who done it right 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 and it's like you kind of root for the artistic guy yeah you know like you want him to to succeed because he's kind of just doing what he does and he's excelling and he's being you know hampered by this uh idiot partner uh but yeah you're right orson welles would be like oh that guy's a piece of shit yeah he's, yeah actually he would he would have had to have played a really really like pompous ass and you've been like, oh, my God, get rid of him. Send him to prison. Yeah. And, and if you've read I've read a lot of Orson Welles biographies, he, he was a nightmare. To oh, have you ever have you read the uh, that that uh, book interviews he did with uh, Bogdanovich? This is uh, Orson Welles. No, no. Pick uh, that up. It's it's really interesting and strange. And you think like, OK, well, at least 50 percent of this stuff he's saying is bullshit. But it's fascinating to read him doing it. Oh, yeah. You know what? And I through the course of it, too, like this whole thing, like while they're like for like 20 years they're doing these interviews and at some point oh, oh that's that's uh henry jaglum hmm? i've read that that's that book is is there, there's a book well i don't know if this is the same book but oh he might know with somebody else but he was dealing with peter bogdanovich for a long time too oh, and then okay. he got mad at pissed at bogdanovich for some perceived slight for like five ten years wouldn't speak hmm. to him at all and then their interviews resume after that while he's wow. trying to finish like while he's trying to make his last movie that one with um uh, Walter Houston and stuff. Somebody just did a Kickstarter, I think, to try to put the footage together. But yeah, it, it's really oh, interesting, strange right. stuff. Because he goes from his childhood all the way up to like present time. He had a lot. He had an odd amount of uh, fires where personal memorabilia was destroyed for one person's life. Like, how would that come up over and over again? But it always also, happened. Happened to Orson Welles a lot. Did you hear the uh, Black Dahlia rumor about him? No. What? There, there's a there's a weird rumor. I don't know if there's any credibility to this because I just heard about it. But 
I mean, I, apparently during a lot of his shoots, Orson Welles would would uh, leave. He would he would kind of disappear to and go look reappear. for uh, snacks and ham. Yes. <laughs> but like, there's this rumor that he was committing those uh, that he killed Elizabeth Short. What? But I, yeah, You're I don't know. If me. Yeah, that, that's there, a wild. Because it, it came out like a few years ago. This guy wrote a book. Why? Why do you? Why would you pitch any other murder plot? Yeah. When you have the <laughs> built-in murder plot of Orson Welles committing the Black Dahlia murders, <laughs> yes, that, that should be the plot. Yeah, well, that would be the Colombo episode yeah. right there. <laughs> right. Uh, or one of those. One of those books. One of those Colombo spin-off novels. Yeah, Columbo solves perfect. the Black yeah, right. Dahlia murder. That's no, that Columbo in time. Does that. I was, was going to tell you that um, wh- what you just said, uh, like, he, um, Orson Welles was, was just this kind of, like, eccentric guy and, and, and did a lot of really insane stuff. Yeah. And, it, and there's a lot, there's, like, there's just, like, all this, um, there's this talk of, have you seen Mr. Arcaden? It's like. Yeah. Yeah, he he's he was just like that. He was so behind the shadows, kind of like always like making up stories and doing kind of weird tricks to to fool people. All right, well, I mean, so, like, uh, what's uh, for fake is a perfect yeah, example that, that of that. Movie, yeah, 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 yeah. That movie is all about him doing that, like him just like messing with the audience, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like his his he he was actually really into magic, like he wanted to be a magician. Right. Yeah. And, so uh, did, like yeah. he was a kid. That's he my did favorite that, yeah. thing about Orson Welles. Actually, is that he started out doing that. Yeah. There's so many interviews with him where he dismisses the idea of being a genius or dismisses the idea of being a uh, a prodigy of any kind, and says, so "I'm just quite I'm a, a regular person. I'm just a normal person." And then there's a pause, and then he goes, "But I know magic." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, actually, in, in the Bogdanovich book, he talks a lot about uh, during uh, uh, the World War II. He and a bunch of celebrities had this kind of like variety show tent in Los Angeles. Uh, he put together this huge variety show, and his thing was uh, the main act was him just doing magic for troops, <laughs> just doing this magic act for troops. And he'd get like all these uh, famous actresses and actors up there and do tricks with him, but mostly it was just Orson Welles doing magic tricks. For, yeah, for, I that mean, was his uh, war effort bit, which I thought was just funny and neat. No, I know, I, I know that this is a crazy tangent, but it's like That's I, I seriously, I seriously like Orson Welles is one of my. I've become obsessed, like because I've watched a lot of his movies now, and I've also just read read a lot about him, and it's like the guy is fascinating, even though he was like a flaming asshole, like yeah. <laughs> Like on set, he like for Lady for, from Shanghai, he showed up on set with like changes to the script and expected the actors to just improvise and to like keep like guessing, you know, like what he was going to do next. And it's like, what kind of a dick like director does that? Like you just show up and you're like, here's new lines. Here's a new scene. And like you got to completely start from scratch, everyone. Like, right. and the thing <laughs> is, like I think like the only pe- the only other person who is from uh, his old days and there was the um oh the guy who played uh, bernstein in um Citizen you mean oh, oh uh joseph cotton no just no no the other the guy who played no the other guy um who worked on the paper oh, uh everett sloan yes he was in that but there wasn't anybody else in lady from shanghai so everett sloan was probably used to that having been with him for a while and used well, yeah. to him like come do that, but or else you're like, what the hell is this? But him, he's probably like, oh, that's what he does. So you just were able to work that way. But I'm guessing everybody else in that film was probably like, what? What is this? Well, what did you hear about uh, Journey to Fear? 
that no. to fear. Um, so Orson Welles started. Well, hold on, that. folks. Uh, just for our affiliates, <laughs> you're listening to just one more thing, a podcast about Orson Welles. <laughs> uh, we'll be returning. We'll be uh, send you back after our uh, your local and out your local ads. But yes, <laughs> we're running a bit long tonight talking about Orson Welles. But yes, go ahead, Journey into Fear. Oh, oh yeah. So uh, okay, so Orson Welles takes this novel. He loves thriller novels. And Journey into Fear, he, he starts to write the screenplay, and then he gets Magnificent Ambersons, and he ditches the project and leaves it in Joseph Cotton's hands, who's not a screenwriter. Right. And says, you got to finish this. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure Joseph Cotton did the best he could, but it's like he even said, I, I'm not a screenwriter, you know, and like uh, – and then a, a B-movie director just took it on, and then it's like – Magnificent Amberson, same thing. Like Orson Welles ditched that and right. went on to yeah. Look what happened there. It just yeah. Well, he did it because yeah. he went to, to do that South America thing, like in the yeah, middle it's of all it. True. He went yeah. yeah right. And yeah, Amberson just completely got out of his hands because well, you weren't there. You got to stay there. And well, yeah, sure and like it goes. two movies. It, it's funny, but two movies flopped that he started, and they and they would have been masterpieces if had he, he had just stuck, stuck with around. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly. Huh. And, yeah, it's sad. It's like because I watched Journey into Fear, and I'm like, oh, it could be like a third man movie if he would have stuck around. So this episode man. of Columbo. Uh, <laughs> so no, I, I think I think no, I'm this is to, good. Yeah. To step in and comp troll for a second. Okay, sorry, John. We've done about ten minutes on Orson. <laughs> well, sorry. Well, maybe we should <laughs> maybe we should wrap the episode up then, perhaps. <laughs> but it's, it's it's another interesting topic. But yes. it is another interesting. Okay, topic. Okay, sorry. All right. Perhaps, um, perhaps so let's just let, ask us what we thought. Yeah. So okay. So we'll, we'll go around. Um, I'll ask you first up. Uh, this episode, how would you uh, kind of rate it? Stack it up there with the. I mean, you picked it because you enjoyed it a great deal. But um, compared to other Columbo episodes, uh, it, it rates very high. It, to me, it's one of the top episodes. Okay, John. I, oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, you had more. Sorry. Oh no, I was going to say that. Like, I have a lot of favorites, and um, I rate this as the top. And and what really dictates a favorite is a really good murderer. Oh, actually, and, uh, oh, I was going to yeah. ask too. Um, you have a lot of favorites. I forgot to ask. We asked this to some folks uh, who are who are huge fans of the show. How did you uh, get to Columbo? Actually, in the first oh, place, uh, briefly. Actually, it's owed to Mike Chillian because oh, I I co-wrote that Flake Detective. Project with him. Oh, so he got you watching it. I I co-wrote that with him, and and to do research, he sent me along on my quest to watch as much Columbo as possible, and then I became obsessed. Oh, so it's it's kind of recent. It's like the last few years or so. Then that yeah. yeah, it was about it was about uh, two or three years ago, and um and I, at that time, um, I remember I, I had a night job where I'd work, uh, and I'd get off work at probably like three a.m. and I'd go home and watch like Columbo episodes. Oh man. Yeah. That seems it seems like just, that'd be a great time to watch Columbo episodes three in the morning. Just watch like two or three in a row. That's what I did. And then I fall did that. asleep. Nice. <laughs> and, um, and I, and I basically just did that so I could help him write. And, um, so when, when me and him were writing, uh, I basically was just inspired from, from watching the source material. And, and I was just like every day telling him like, Oh my God, I like this episode. And I like this episode. <laughs> and it, it turned out that our favorites were the same. Oh, cool. Yeah, like Shatner, Johnny Cash, oh, and Shatner. Ruth Gordon. Yeah. yeah. Neat. Yeah. Well, that's a good explanation. That's a, that's a good reason to get into Columbo. I'm a, and it's connected to another past guest. Thank you, Mike Chillian. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Because, yeah, he's, he connected Columbo. me to you guys. 
He's like the Johnny Columbo seed. Yes, <laughs> Johnny Columbo seed. Uh, <laughs> what's funny is I'm actually obsessed with Johnny Appleseed. Well, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I got a big obsession. I mean, I used uh, to do stand up, and that was my opening myself. bit. Was, Johnny, uh, Johnny Appleseed Apple. and Columbo. <laughs> Very natural pairing. Very I natural. love that you guys made that connection, yeah. <laughs> uh, John, yes, what sir. did you think of? What do you think of this episode? Uh, I, by and large, fantastic. Uh, there were there was a criminal underuse of uh, Julie Newmar. It should have been like very little or a lot more. But and then, they, and then whenever he referred to her, they were kind of sleazy about her too. They were the super sleazy about super her. sleazy about her, which is the other it's problem. Like, eh, it's a little weird. But yeah. uh, no, otherwise I think it's a it's a great episode with a great twist, and there's a lot to keep you guessing. Oh yeah, and the and the fact that they don't underline uh, the murders really broadly, like who did what exactly. Uh, I, I think I kind of like because that leaves a lot of it up to your imagination. There's a really great improv scene. I would give this seven and a half, maybe eight uh, close-ups on Julie Newmar's yoga doing butt out of, out of ten. <laughs> nice. Oh, oh that's a you good know, rating. Um, I, good should, rating. I should re-rate because your guys' rating system is, is... – I'll wait till you guys till That's wait. John's rating system. It's arbitrary. Buddy. It's completely arbitrary. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, I will just say that I agree with both of you. I enjoyed this one a great deal, and I think uh, 90% of it is due to uh, Mark Lando just doing a heck of a job and them not leaning on all of the old, oh, it's twins, like tropes and lazy crutches that you see in things like this. Uh, They did it very, very well. He did a great job playing two separate guys. I mean, there's at one point, um, whereas uh, the, the chef brother he does an impression of the banker brother so it's martin landau doing impression of himself playing this other guy and it just fits it just works so well but it's just really strange when you think about it. it's like oh he's doing impression of himself playing this other pr- yeah it, it's he was amazing in it good episode yeah i loved it i'm glad you picked it thank you for picking this one i was looking forward to getting to this one uh, yeah, so, no, yeah, I was surprised it wasn't picked because it's really good. Yeah, it's, so it's so you said you had a revised rating. What was your it was your rating? Oh, uh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'd say nine purple TVs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good rating. Yeah, oh, well, it, it, you know it, it it gets every it hits every mark. The, like you said, the only thing against it is the way they handled Julie Newmore. It's yeah. like you, you could have given her, like you said, you could have given her her whole episode and that would have been great. But she might but, be right in that. It seems like this, she might have had some other stuff they just cut. But I don't know. Right. We'll never yeah. know. We'll never know. Yeah. We'll never Unless know. Unless there's uh, Columbo Blu-ray. We'll have, to, we'll have to call Stephen Bochco and get a copy of the script. I, you know, I'm going to say that, but the, I, I've noticed Stephen Bochco, as we've been going through this thing, He's very. He was very good at writing Columbo episodes. I was going to say that a lot of the ones I've like, enjoyed yeah. were his. Yep. Yeah. One of my favorite Columbo writers. Yeah, he's great at this stuff. He's, he's yeah, wonderful. He, he's yeah. great. Does a lot of good ones for much, sure. Much, much better than Capital Critters. <laughs> much much <laughs> better. Or do you Fish Police? I can't remember which one. I think he was Capital Critters. Yeah. Is that a nineties one? Yeah, it was a cartoon show. He did. There were two terrible cartoon shows. I think he did Capital Critters because they were trying to go. Uh, I'm not getting into it because it was a t- dark time in our history. Um, well, thank you, Mr. Guy, for doing the show. Um, no where problem. should people be looking uh, to see what you're working on these days? Uh, well, um, the Rick and Morty premiere is July 26th. Oh, good. Uh, we'll be putting this up. 
Yeah, just before that. So yes, good timing. Yes, yeah, great timing. Um, I I I wrote on I think episode eight. Oh, okay, so nobody yeah. watched one through seven in the second season. <laughs> just Wait till episode, episode eight. eight, and that's it. Um, my episodes <laughs> are the ones where they watch crazy. Uh, I mean, my episodes are crazy. <laughs> ball fondlers. Oh, there's the ball fondler. Is it more ball yeah, fondling? That's my. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. Wait, Actually, the ones where yeah, they watch crazy probably... stuff. So, did you work on the one where they did like the just flipping channels for the interdimensional channels episode? Yep, yep. Oh, that's that was that's such a good. Oh, episode. that was such a wonderful, strange thing. Yeah, Actually, they that me whole show to, uh, because I have ideas that are insane. So I gotta can... <laughs> say, like that's that that show is one of my favorite uh, uh, television shows going right now. Thank you. It no, just, I, it, it's I'm an amazing program. Because, uh, they do I'm... they do some great. It just it it mixes in. The odd science fiction stuff. It's got a lot of just really human feeling stuff. It's just got flat out uh, damn funny stuff. It's just a, it, it's a really, really, really good program. I'm glad oh, it's I'm, happening. I'm, I'm extremely lucky. I have, I have people that I know that are shocked that I work on it and like, because <laughs> they're huge fans and it's, it's, it's really fun. I've, it's it, they, they, what they allow is is for me to be completely creatively crazy. Good. And, I mean, I, they're the only show that will hire me. So, <laughs> well, there we go. Good. Yeah. So well, there you it's go. good and, that it uh, exists. I yeah, and I'm and I'm lucky to be a part of it. And I did an episode this coming season that I think holds up to the last one. So we'll see. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I will definitely be watching it for sure. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, thank you for doing the show. Thank you for joining Colombo, and thank you, my Chilean, uh, for getting us in touch. And we, I think we we will definitely be having you back to force you to oh. watch a '90s episode. Uh, yes. I, I would love to do that Fisher for, Stevens one. <laughs> All right, I'm writing that down. <laughs> Thank you, you. You said it. I'll hold you to it. Also, uh, Mike hasn't seen that one, so I'm looking forward to watching it with him for the first time. Oh, he nice. might not like you anymore. Well, no, me and him, uh, we, we have like a movie <coughs> pact. We watch movies that inspire us together. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I've suggested that episode of Columbo. <laughs> well, now he has no choice. It's It's been cemented on a fake internet radio program so he has to i'm locking it in yeah there we go <laughs> all right uh well yeah that's the uh, program for this time around uh if you want to uh listen to other episodes just one more thing uh new or old you can go to our website joemtpodcast.com or go to the podcast section of itunes or whatever service you use to listen to podcasts uh if you do use itunes eh, we wouldn't mind if you threw a review or something saying you enjoyed the show or even if you said you were uh, fair to middling about the show, that's fine. Uh, just don't say you hate it like that one one star review we have. Who knows who that crank was? Whatever. Glenn. He can go. That yeah, bastard. he's probably glad. He can go listen to the Fraser podcast. I don't care. For all I care. Oh, Whatever. I I want to be on that podcast, but they probably won't have me. I don't, I'm not sure if they're still doing it. They were highly rated on iTunes. Are you talking about? There, there's one now with Kevin Smith doing a Fraser podcast. Wait, what? Really? Seriously? Yeah. No, what Kevin's the... just doing a, a Frasier podcast with Matt Mira from Nerdist. Oh, my oh God. Tell me it's goodness. called something like Frasier Rules My Taint or whatever. Yeah, it's, uh, it's I think, tossed scrambled eggs. Maybe. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Good Lord. I, I hate that I'm going to have to go and look that up now. Yeah. I know. Oh, well, just it, because it, it, that's it, it, insane. Yeah. Well, I, I, I want to be on there because, like, I have a Frasier episode that I'm dying to talk about. But yeah, you know, yeah, it, it, it's one that like it, like I love that show. But there's one episode that I was just rolling around laughing. It's so good. Uh, 
I was going to try and guess which one it was, but I have not seen Fraser in such a long time. I would not be able to guess which one that was. I, yeah. I guess it involves involves the dog, maybe. I don't know. Um, they all involve the dog. Well, actually, there's a couple that, that really come to mind, but uh, yeah. Kevin Smith, I'm sure you listened to a podcast about Columbo. Um, <laughs> so get a whole Abed here and have him on your show to talk about one of his two favorite episodes of Fraser. There you go. It's a done deal right there. Oh, cool. You'll be, you'll be getting an email from uh, View Askew Productions in the morning. I hope so, yeah. Maybe it'll be, <laughs> maybe it'll be one of the uh, the jerks from the uh, comic book TV show, but who knows? The comic book store TV show, but who knows? I'm also one of the few fans of Tusk. <laughs> I still have not seen that. I, I don't know if it's I can bring myself to it. It's not bad. It's not bad. That's going to have to be, that's going to have to be a thing where I'm, I'm kind of sleepy and I'm flipping channels and I come across it. Right. I like, know. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I All right, I'll... Peters. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, well, there. Okay. Well, there you go. See, speaking, Kevin speaking Smith, of, get a hold of this guy. Of, of things we see, do either, do any of us see an end to this podcast? Oh, sorry. Yes. So, <laughs> cute. Uh, also, you should follow us. You should follow us on Twitter at JMT Podcast. Uh, where we put updates about new episodes and whatnot. And also uh, on our Tumblr, we have one of those, jmtpodcast.tumblr.com, where we post uh, links to interesting Columbo-related things we find. Plus, uh, John posts um, uh, really wonderful screen, screen grabs from the episodes, plus his expanded thoughts. So go to that. Just remember, JMT Podcast. Type that in with any other social media URL you can think of, and you're fine. Uh, but yeah, that's program for this time around. I'm RJ White. I'm John Morris. And uh, we will see you next time, which as long as it's gone, it might be in a couple hours. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Good night, everybody. Just one more thing. Written by Stephen Bochco and Jackson Gillis and starring Martin Landau, Julie Newmar, Jeanette Nolan, Don Amici, Martin Landau, and Peter Falk as Columbo. Uh, real quick, you made a mistake there. What? It's it's not Don Amici's and not in it. It's actually, uh, what's his face? Oh, um, no, what? Dabney Coleman. Oh, oh no, Don Amici plays the, uh, the attorney. No, no, he's not in the episode. Oh, that's in. Gosh, no, darn it. Uh, Tim, Tim O'Connor. Oh, Christ. I was, I was thinking episode. about I was thinking about the damn thing. Uh, Why did I write that? I wrote that down. All right, let's start over again. My God. I, right. suitable for yeah, I was thinking what's suitable for framing. Because I was yeah. just writing about that earlier. All right, let's start over again. God, <laughs> man. I know is I, no, thank I'm you. Utter fucking chaos. <laughs> thank yeah. you. I'm not even going to mention Tim O'Connor. Um this is our stinger. By Good the way. Lord. Stinger. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> I clear that up. God damn it, motherfucker. Sorry, I'm, I'm so on it, though. That's no, no, that's good. Thank you for being on it, because that would yeah, have been no really stupid.